Welcome to The Coaching Circle, a podcast where we explore the world of coaching, business and personal evolution with me, NLP Master Trainer, Coach and your host, Tony Everard. Inspiring conversations and deep dives into every aspect of your coaching and wellbeing business with experts in their field to help you stand out as the expert in yours. Get ready, let's go. Language. It's one of my favourite, favourite topics in NLP. And one of the things that people often forget is NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. So linguistics or language is our middle name. And often when we think about language, people generally think, yeah, I understand language. I talk to people. I can ask questions. I can listen. I can communicate. But really, there's a whole nother level of language that people who have never been taught have no idea that even exists. And it's something that's really, really important to know if you really want to help your clients, whether that's coaching clients, health clients, any kind of clients that you have, if you're in some kind of service-based business, practitioner, therapist, holistic, whatever that is, is the key to helping your clients will be in their language. Now, the problem with this is, is that most people get caught up in their clients' stories. And their client's stories are like their own hypnotic trance that they've been in for probably some time now and that's why they've come to you for some help. But they're in some kind of hypnotic trance of what their problem is and it's a whole story around it that is how life is for them inside this problem trance. And no doubt they've practiced this story for a long time Um, they've probably enrolled other people into this story you know like good meaning friends and family who they tell this story to and they say oh my god that must be terrible for you and you know not to say that people don't have problems that they do like I have a lot of empathy for people and and where they're at but their stories are often the root of their actual problem and when we can unpack how are they creating what is the structure of this problem and we can find that in their language we can help them make big changes very fast and often just conversationally so one of the big things that we know that people do with language is yes they use a lot of their own hypnotic trance so there's a lot of hypnotic language patterns that people use on themselves all right, so people to talk about, oh, language patterns and not oh, people going to use language patterns to influence you and everything like that. Yeah, maybe they do. But your biggest problem is likely the language patterns that you are using on yourself that are out of your conscious awareness. And your clients do this as well. So whenever you're listening to what your client has to say, it's a real art and a practice to stop getting caught up in the story that they're telling you, the content of what they're telling you and really listen into the structure. So when we're listening into the structure, the thing, three main things that people do when they're uh, thinking, talking, you know, going over their problem is that they delete information, they distort information and they generalise information. So 
when you get really good at it and you understand language and the structure of language, you can listen into, um, you know, what are they saying? What are they leaving out? Okay, so people are often leaving key information out of what they're saying. So they might say, oh, you know what? They just don't listen to me. Who? Right? So as soon as someone says they don't listen to me, we go, okay, I don't even know who this is. So who doesn't listen to you? And, you know, rather than being a whole group of people, it might just be one specific person. And if you drill down into that, you'll find a solution. Or they might be saying something like, oh, I'm so angry. Okay, well, what are you angry about? If you drill down into that, you'll probably find a solution. Or people might just say, well, I just want to feel better. Well, feel better than what? Um, you know, do you just want to feel better than something or do you want to feel a specific way? Like, do you want to feel en- energised? Do you want to feel happy? Do you want to feel fulfilled? Um, you know, so listening into those kinds of things. Now, they also distort the meaning of things. So people might say something like, or your client might say something like, um, I know that they don't like me. Well, how do you know that? Have they specifically said, I don't like you, or is that some kind of mind read? Well, they might be saying, well, you know, it's wrong to not help out your family. Well, who says it's wrong? Right? Who says it's wrong? If you've got family that aren't doing anything to help themselves and they're causing you a lot of stress and angst, who says that you have to keep helping them, right? Like, so this is something that you could ask them. Um, you know, people create unusual meanings. Like they might say, um, being in a relationship means that I can't say what I really think. Well, how does being in a relationship mean that? And really, if you can't say what you really think, are you even in a relationship? So these are the things that they might be distorting the meaning of, right, that you need to be able to listen into because otherwise what people normally do is just take for face value whatever a person says. But whatever they're saying right now is the structure of their problem. So we need to, under, we need to understand what is the structure. You might also hear your clients generalising. Okay, so people generalise when they say, this always happens to me or it never gets done or everyone says this is the case, or nobody's helping me. They're very broad generalisations. And the moment you hear someone say, and always and never and everyone and nobody, a really broad generalisation like that, you can be guaranteed it's not 100% true. There's no absolutes like that. And so you can ask, well, always? Was there ever a time that you did? Never? Not even once? Everyone? Who specifically? Nobody? Like not any single person? And so you can question those things, right? Because you'll find that actually underneath that there's going to be a different reality. People might even say things like, I can't tell them what I really think. Well, why can't you tell them? Right? What would happen if you did? And so this is really important is to listen into your client's language and you can do this for yourself. And listen in, what are they leaving out? What are they changing the meaning of? Because that's where we'll find 
solutions. Okay, when we help them uncover what it is that they're deleting or distorting or generalizing, we'll get to a reality that is far different than the problem one that they have. So another really key thing we can do when it comes to listening people, listening to people is listening out for you know, specific words that they might keep repeating or that they say with a different kind of tonality or a different kind of expression. And I remember this one time I was working with uh, a client and she kept saying to me about, oh, I need to be more disciplined. I, and, and if I was just more disciplined, and she kept saying this word disciplined, and I thought it's kind of an odd word to say. And when I think about that for myself, when I think the word discipline, it's not something that, necessarily strive for in discipline sounds kind of you know like it's hard and it's got some kind of I don't know detrimental consequences or whatever else it doesn't feel like a nice light word that you maybe want to apply to yourself and it certainly wasn't the way that my client was saying it so after she'd said this a few times I said what does disciplined really mean to you like when you think about the word disciplined what are the images that come to mind and when she dove into it she found it wasn't actually very motivating for her at all and it had some negative sort of connotations and so I asked well what's another word that you can use for this and we looked at different words about, oh, she could be more motivated or she could be more aligned or she could be more congruent. Um, you know, all these different words that felt a lot lighter around creating what she wa- wanted rather than this word disciplined, which just had this kind of weird charge to it that she wasn't being disciplined and she wasn't motivated to be disciplined. So it wasn't working for her. So people have all different types of meanings of words. And so it's really important that we don't just mind read or hallucinate what we think the client means because every word in the English language has a slightly different nuance to the person who says it. They will create their own separate internal representations and thoughts and feelings about those words. And so it's really important that we don't just assume that what we think a word means that it means the same thing for that person, especially if they're explaining how they've got a problem in an area of their life and they don't know how to fix it. Because here's the really key thing that I want you to know, and that is your words don't describe your reality. They create your reality. I don't want to say that again. Your words don't describe your reality. They create your reality so it's really important that you choose your words carefully because words uh if you want to get a little bit woo woo here words are a frequency right words have energy words have a certain vibration and frequency and they will affect your state they will affect the images that you create in your mind they will affect the representations that other people have in their mind when they hear you say them. And so your words have so much power that if you really knew how much power your words had, you would 
be a whole lot more careful about what it was that you say. Um, and, you know, an example I had of this, it was really interesting, at one of my NLP practitioner trainings um, earlier this year, one of my students came in and, and you know, I have a pretty good map of the room and, and everyone uh, who comes into the room and what kind of state I can get a sense of where they're at during the training because, you know, through the training, lots of stuff comes up. People shift a lot of, of their own stuff throughout the training and it's very transformational and they get huge amounts of really, really close support from me and my coaching assistants and it's, it's like a really transformational seven days for NLP practitioner training. But part of that is some of their stuff sometimes gets triggered. And so anyway, it was, I think it was about day two of this NLP practitioner training and uh, I saw one of the students walk in and she came in and, and the room was buzzing, right? So in the mornings, people are buzzing. They're talking about the things that they learned from the day before and, and what they spoke to their partners or their families about, you know, the night before and, and how, you know, what their aha moments are. And there's always a lot of buzz and chit-chat. And, of course, there's music going as well. And, and there was like, it wasn't a really loud room, but it was, there was a bit of a buzz happening. And, uh, I, and I saw this student come in and, and she was just looking down like the whole time she was just looking down at the ground and, you know, one of the things we know from NLP is that where your eyes, the direction your your eyes go, has a direct relationship to what you're doing in your mind. So generally when people uh, have got some negative self-talk and, uh, and are feeling negative emotions, normally their eyes are pointed down towards the ground. But I could also tell from her body language, right, because her shoulders were a bit slumped, there was a bit of... Uh, there was just like this kind of heavy energy about her and her face was really set, you know. So, you know, one of the other things we do in NLP is we, we learn about sensory acuity, right? So how do you pick up all these really fine details about someone's muscle tone and their breathing and their skin tone and, and all these kinds of things? So you can pick up really quickly what's going on with a person at any given time. So I saw... Um, this student come in and she was looking down and there was just a lot of stuff going on with her energy. And she came in and, and sat at her desk and unpacked her bag and she just sat there and she kept looking down. And uh, and anyway, um, it was about that time, she'd kind of come in a little bit late as well, and it was about that time that we needed to get started for the day. And one of the things that I really love to do at the start of a training is when you come to the training each day, do a bit of a check-in about how everyone's going and so I asked her and I said hey you know, how's it going today and she went well she goes I am not doing good today I come in here and it's really loud and you know everyone's talking really loud and the music's really loud and my head is just throbbing and she was doing these hand gestures like her head was like expanding out 10 times the size of it was and she goes and the traffic was horrific she goes the traffic was horrific and there was all these cars and people were like there's someone was driving right up behind me like they were right up my backside all the way down south road and uh and if you're from adelaide you know you might know that south road can be a little bit challenging in peak hour traffic um but horrific is probably a bit of a stretch because 
when you think about the word horrific, and this is how this person had described the traffic, when you think about the word horrific, what kind of pictures does that create in your mind? Because, as, and, and we're talking about traffic as well, right? So if you think about the word horrific in the context of traffic, what are the kind of internal representations that you create? What are the kinds of thoughts or feelings or pictures that you create in your mind? And, and I actually asked the class on this day. I said, wow, horrific. I'm like, that sounds pretty terrible. Um, I, I'm, I'm like, no wonder you're not having a good time. But the word horrific is an interesting word. So I asked the class, like, when you think about the word horrific in the context of traffic, what kind of images does that bring up or what kind of thoughts? And people were like, well, horrific in traffic, that sounds like carnage and car accidents and people getting, you know, injured and thrown out of cars and, you know, terrible, terrible carnage. Because that is really what goes along with the word horrific. Okay, but I was pretty sure there had been no carnage that had happened on South Road that morning and this person wasn't even telling me about any car accidents or anything else. It was literally just, it was peak hour traffic. And so I was kind of making a bit of a joke of it with the person. I was playing around and, and people know when they come into the classroom with me that I, I will kind of play around and, and have a bit of a joke and, you know, help you laugh at yourself so that it's easier for you to let go of your problems because we all transform much quicker and easier when we can laugh at ourselves and have a good time and so anyway we're playing around a bit with this this horrific description of the traffic and uh, and she started it's it's you could see right that when she realized what she'd been saying that she started to kind of loosen the grip on this problem and she goes okay well it probably wasn't horrific there wasn't carnage across the road but and I'm like, okay, well, what are some other words that we could use to describe the traffic? Well, it was, it was busy. It was, it was bumper to bumper. There were a lot of cars. Um, but, you know, it did continue to flow and I did get here on time. So you can hear there's a big shift of this whole situation with the traffic that came from just changing one word. Okay, so that word horrific was creating a whole bunch of stress, anxiety, negative emotions, like she was literally closing in on herself. She'd got herself that wound up and it all came down to the words that she was describing, the words she was using to describe the traffic, okay, which wasn't an accurate representation of what was really going on. So this is the thing, right? We've got to be really clear about what actual words are people using. And one of the presuppositions of NLP, one of the assumptions that we go by is called the map is not the territory. And when we talk about the map not being the territory, what that means is the map, like if you've got like a roadmap, and even if you're, you know, old enough to have been in the times where you'd have like an actual roadmap, book that somehow you managed to follow while you were driving a car you know like they say now it's bad for you to touch your phone I can tell you people trying to read those roadmaps back in the day 
that was more of a risk to anyone on the road. But if you think about a paper map, maybe you've had a paper map somewhere, maybe you've got a map of Australia or the world on your wall. That map is a representation of the territory. It's not the actual territory. Okay, so if you've got a road map and you're looking at the road map and you can see all these straight lines, cut lines and names of streets and things like that, if you actually got to a pinpoint of that map in real life, it would look nothing like the actual map. Okay, the map's just a representation. Okay, it's the same as if you read the words on a menu, that's not what exactly comes out and, and is in front of you when you get the actual meal. Right, so this is the thing that we need to know about our language. Our language will create the reality that we experience. It doesn't describe the actual reality that we experienced. Okay, so how people use their language, the words that they use, will create a reality internally that they're experiencing. And this is very important to know because... The truth is anyone at any given time can only experience reality from within themselves. Okay, They don't experience reality outside of themselves. People have to receive information in through their five senses, through what they can see, what they can hear, what they can feel, what they can smell, what they can taste, and then they have to create meaning about that they label it first of all they label it with words and then they create meaning about that through their own internal experiences filters values beliefs memories language all of those things okay so the the reality that you create inside yourself that you're experiencing whether that's causing you stress worry anxiousness depression Whatever it is, is only how you're interpreting what's going on outside. So the better that you get at interpreting what's going on outside cleanly, both with your language and by doing the work to clean up your old negative emotions and limiting beliefs and everything else, the better experience of reality you will have internally. And this goes for your clients as well. So understanding language for yourself is super important because every word that you say is a suggestion to your unconscious mind about what your reality is. So if you don't like the reality you're experiencing, you need to change it. The other reason you want to really understand language is so that you can be clean about the language that you use and have a better idea of the kind of internal representation that it creates for somebody else. So when you say something to someone, what are they going to create in their own mind from those words that you've said? Now, of course, they're going to interpret them through their own filters anyway, but having that clarity for yourself about what words that you're using and what impact that will have is very important. Now, we also want to really understand language so that we can hear what somebody else is saying in the structure of what they're saying without getting caught up in the content. 
So when we can hear the structure, we know what questions to ask. When we, we listen for the structure, we can hear how is the person creating this problem. And we're going to be way ahead of the pack in being able to help them unravel what that reality is that they're creating. And so this is relevant whether you're a mindset coach, whether you're a life coach, whether you're a relationship coach, health coach, any kind of service that you're providing, the person's language that you're helping is going to have a massive impact on the reality that they're experiencing. Okay, because we can only experience things from internally and even if it's with what's going on with their body, well, their body is continuously eavesdropping on what they're saying to themselves and what they're thinking about. Okay, so it's really important. If people have got uh, health problems that they don't know how to fix, you can guarantee that there will be some kind of mental and emotional problems underneath that and there will be language that matches it. Okay, so listening to language, understanding language is, is one of the most powerful things that you will ever do. And, uh, and it's certainly one of my favourite things. This is you know, now probably where I make the most change with my clients is conversationally. Because yes, I have got a load of techniques, timeline therapy, different techniques in NLP, hypnosis and other different modalities that I use and how I help people. But the foundations of how I do all of that really, really well is by understanding language. And so if you were ever going to think about learning NLP and, and people say, well, I, I've done a coaching course or, uh, you know, I've, I've uh, done my whatever practitioner's course, therapist course, whatever that might be and there was a bit of NLP in there or we did a bit of coaching in there, I can guarantee you it's nothing compared to the level of what you understand about language and the structure of reality than when you'll learn NLP. And this is what I say to people, NLP isn't just to be there to replace anything else that you've learned, it's to enhance anything else that you've learned. Well, of course, you can use it standalone as well, but it's a big part of that is understanding how the mind works, how people create their reality, and, of course, the language that they use. Game changer. So that's it for today. I hope this has been helpful for you. Really hone into the language. If you want to know about more about language, absolutely get in contact with me. You know, check out my website, tonyavrad.com.au. Get in touch. I love talking about this language. I've always got, there's five-day challenges coming up that I help people with. There's NLP practitioner training. There's three-day hypnosis. Um, there's the Elevate uh, business and mindset program that I have for NLP practitioners to take their learning to another level again. I'm all about helping you create a better reality for yourself, the people you care about, your clients, and just making the world a better place. So if you want some help, reach out. And uh, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm all about the language. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Circle. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Please like, share and subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with all our latest episodes. You, my friend, are awesome. So keep coaching and keep evolving.